All right, all right, Faith Promise. How are we doing this weekend? Oh, come on, come on. Hope you guys are awake. God is going to do some amazing things this weekend. My name is Zach Stevens. We want to welcome you to Faith Promise Church. I get the privilege to serve as one of our pastors here. And what an amazing season of our church we are in. I love weekends like this. At Faith Promise, we will do anything short of sin uh, to see people come to know Jesus, right? The people who are laughing are the ones who have been here. And the ones who are not are the ones who are nervous and you are new. It is okay. Okay? You will not be harmed most likely. No, we are so glad that you're here. We're actually in the middle of something we call Heart for the Harvest. It's Heart for the Harvest season, one of my favorite times of the year. Pastor started our Heart for the Harvest series last week, and we prayed hard for prodigals and people in our life who we love, who are far from God. We're taking a small break this week to do no tricks, all treats, and it's going to be an amazing weekend. So excited about what God's going to do. But next weekend, we will jump right back in to Heart for the Harvest. Next weekend, we'll be praying for God's provision. And then the week after that, so two weekends from now, we will be uh, taking our Heart for the Harvest offering. It's going to be an amazing time of generosity where we look forward to what God is going to do. But one of my favorite things we do all year, we will do that weekend where we corporately pray for healing. I don't know about you, but there's some people in my life that I love so desperately who need God's healing. And so... Uh, Heart for the Harvest is not a time to back off. It's not a time to disengage, even though we're being generous over and beyond what we normally are. This is a time to press in. This is a time to press into what God is doing. So please, I encourage you, if you feel yourself pulling back, I want you to step in, press in to what God has for you in this season. Let me tell you something else we don't usually talk about uh, in the room, but I think we have to talk about it. FP Kids this weekend has an amazing experience. They're, they're phenomenal every week. My kids love going to class. They love going to small group. They cannot wait to get there. But this weekend, FP Kids has put together a special experience that your kids do not want to miss. So if you have a kid in the room at any of our campuses between birth and fifth grade, they do not want to miss it. So if this is your first time uh, or, or maybe your kids have never went to FP Kids, this would be an amazing time to get started. So there's still time to go and let them be a part of that experience. They do not want to miss what God's doing. Can you believe it is Halloween? This year has absolutely flown by. It's crazy that we are this far along in the year. Now, our world is already set up with quite a bit of division, right? Whether it be at work or on the news or on social media, there's a lot of division pretty consistently. And we do our best not to let that interfere with what God is doing here. But when it comes to Halloween, it seems like division squeezes even more into the church world, even into more of the spiritual realm, into the supernatural. But listen, we do not let holidays, we do not let the culture affect what God is doing in his house. That's why this weekend is called No Tricks, All Treats. So we're going to press into what God has. Now, since spiritual is on the brain, right, since we're hearing more about it, we're actually going to press in to what God had to say about it. We're going to look behind the door, if you will, of the spiritual and what God has to say. See, every day we live in two realms. We live in the physical realm that you see, uh, you know, your, your, the work, the family, the bills that have to be paid. But we also simultaneously live in a spiritual realm. But so often we get so entangled in the physical realm that we never reference, think about, or process the spiritual realm. So what we're going to do today is we are going to open the door to the spiritual realm. We're going to open the door to the other side and see what God has to say about the spiritual See, something that frustrates me a little bit is that Hollywood or Netflix 
is writing the narrative on the supernatural. If you watch, if you watch TV, you, if you watch that stuff, there's a lot of shows coming out about the supernatural. But here's what we're not going to let do. We're not going to let Hollywood or fear or fright hold the narrative of our life. We're going to always let God, the pen of faith, have that, have that narrative in our life. So let's pray for a moment and let God guide our hearts and lives as we look at the spiritual realm today. God, we are so grateful we get to be here. And we ask today, as, as we press into who we're called to be and, and, and the difference that we're supposed to make and how we're supposed to think and live and process, would you go far beyond my message? Would you go far beyond our worship? And would you make us more like you today? God, we are all in an individual place in our walk with you. And God, you want to present us, you want to push us forward in the calling you have for us. So I speak against the lies of the enemy today. I speak against a generation of curses and things that we've brought in here. And God, we want to hear your still small voice into who we're called to be this weekend in our life. We love you. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. So today, would you say amen with me? Say amen, all of our campus. Come on, it's going to be a good weekend, okay? So we're going to unlock the door to the spiritual rep. One, one second. We have, we have a visitor, uh, uh, apparently. Uh, let's, let's, let's look in here. Well, hello. What'd you, what'd you, would you come out here and join us for a moment? Are you here to do trick-or-treat? You're here to do some trick-or-treating? Well, let's, let's, let's look right here, man. You, you look amazing today. Here, you here for some candy? What are you thinking? Chocolate, obviously. Hey, you, you look, come here for a second. Let's, let's, let's look at it. So th this is a lot of times what we think about when we think about the devil, right? You like cute little, little devil type situation. This is a lot of times what we think. Thank you so much, Ailey. You, you, you can head back. And that, but isn't that so often what we think about whenever we think about the devil, whenever we think about the enemy? Isn't that so often what we do? Now, if you would allow me to step into your house for just a moment, you know when somebody steps in your house, it's, it's pretty personal, right? Things get that way. If I could step into your house for just a moment and get personal with you, if the idea of a kid up here in a devil costume bothers you, can I ask you a question? Does it bother you whenever the devil steps into your real life through a screen, through a commercial, through your social media, through your thought life, through the words you say? Does it bother you when the devil steps into your life that way? See, listen, I'm, I'm not try, we're not trying to offend. I'm not, I'm not trying. There's no judgment here. There's no shame here, no guilt. But it is a real question. It is a real question. And we're, we don't wear masks here. We want to be raw and real here, real here, no costumes, real people with real problems pursuing God's real love. But see, here's the truth we have to know. Real problems require real truth spoken in real love. And that's what we're going to do this weekend. We're going to press into the real issues so that we can live in real victory. This weekend, we're going to be in a passage, Ephesians 6. And if you've never read it, listen, even if you have read it, if you're looking for a devotional for your time with God this week, it would be an amazing place to go. So each week, each day when you're looking for something to read in your time, Ephesians 6 would be great. I don't know if you know this, we've also done devotions for Heart for the Harvest every day. So if you're, little videos, they're, they're fantastic. So they're on Instagram every day. Or if, if you're fasting from social media or if you don't do Instagram, you can go to the Faith Promise website website and watch those every day so we're praying the same way it would be amazing but as we're in Ephesians 6 what we're going to do is we're going to learn some truths about the devil some truths about not about what we think or even what the world has said but about what the Bible says about who the devil is I think it's massive 
a huge priority to see what God's reality is. Not what our reality is. We have to be able to be humble enough and coachable enough to say, God, what is your reality on this subject? And God has a reality when it comes to the devil. And the first truth I want us to know this weekend is the devil is real. The devil is real. He is not a symbol. He is an actual being. Do you know that up to 50% of Christians believe that he is not a real person? Up to 50% of Christians, what a trick by the devil, right? Just thinking he's a symbol or something out there. But listen, let me tell you, when it, Christians, if you're a believer in the room, you do not get to pick and choose your biblical truths like Halloween candy. You know what I'm saying? Now, there are some Halloween candy that is absolute garbage. If you like candy corn, you need Jesus. That's just it. That's just it. You, the, the, you know what I'm talking about? Can I get an amen? Those are disgusting, right? Or, the, or those orange pumpkins? What is that? Who's doing that? I, I, I almost guarantee you Reese's is like, like a side company making those so you feel like this is from the Lord after you eat one of those. Either way, it's got nothing to do with it. But the devil is real. It says in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. no wonder for Satan himself, himself masquerades like an angel of light. He masquerades. There's no one who loves costumes and being incognito to the devil. He loves to be a part of your life, and you never even know about it. That's how he likes to work. See, like it or not, believe it or not, the devil is real. We have to know that. Like it or not, believe it or not, we have to know that the devil is real. Now, here's what I think we just, I said a moment ago, but we have to process Whenever we think about the devil, whether you think he's real or not, does your life reflect that? Does your thought process reflect that? When you're praying for your kids, when you're praying for your future, does it reflect that the devil is a real person? Because it leads really well into the second truth we have to know about the devil is he wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy us. He is real and he wants to hurt us. He is real and the devil wants to destroy you. Listen, don't be scared. This is not meant to scare you. Listen, I promise you, this truth is going to end well. This is not something you have to be worried about. We have a visitor. Just one moment. Let's, let's see who's out here, who, who, who I can help. Let's see who's, who's here. Oh, man. Hey, buddy. Hey, come, come, come see me. Come, come see me. Hey, bud. You want to come here? What are you going to do with that sword when you get it out? Now listen. Now listen. We're in the Lord's house, okay, buddy. I'm holding him because he ran during run through. Oh, you forgot your, oh, you're dropping stuff. Hey, you want some candy? You want some candy? Are you, are you ready for war? I'll hold this. No, you can't hold this. Okay. Hey, here, you want the candy? Here, look, you can have the candy. You can have the candy. Take the candy. Take the candy. And hey, you say, say bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. That, my man was ready for war, right? He was ready to go. He was ready for war. Faith promise, let me ask you. Are you ready for war? Because we live in a real war every day. We live in a battle, and the enemy is not, he's not playing. He wants you to not know that he's there, but he's fighting for your kids. He's fighting for your family. He's fighting for your future, and he's fighting for your calling. Too many of us are playing with plastic armor and weapons. Too many of us going to church once a month. This is what you're doing. Not going to smoke because you're too busy. This is what you're doing. Uh, hey, I pray. I pray for I eat. This is what you're doing. And the devil's laughing just like you're laughing. We are in a real war, and this is not going to cut it. We're in a battle. We're in a fight. The devil is real, and the devil wants to hurt us. And you may wonder, why does the devil want to hurt me? It's the only way he can get to God. It's the only way he can hurt God. 
So we're going to jump into Ephesians, and we're going to look at some spiritual truths that Paul writes in Ephesians. I cannot wait for us to learn. When we jump in Ephesians 6, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the schemes of the devil. And the schemes, because he's a schemer, he wants to hurt you. He has schemes that he's trying to play on your life. And that, that verse continues and lets us know how, how we're supposed to live. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Now listen. Our battle, you're about to get some freedom right here. Our battle is not against people. Our battle, our enemy, it's not your spouse. Thank you. One person. The rest of you guys, my goodness. The battle is not against your spouse. It's not against your kids. It's not against your teammates. It's not against your coworker. It's not against your boss. It's not even against you. Your battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against somebody that they promise. It it is is against the, the enemy who is after you. Another one of Jesus' best friends, Peter, wrote this. In 1 Peter 5.8, he describes the devil and says, Be alert and of sober mind. For your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking. He's looking for someone to devour. Much like you see people lurking outside of your house. Like, looking for something to devour. The devil is looking for somebody to devour. Resist. Stand firm in the faith. This is not something we have to run from. It's something God has called us to stand firm and resist. The devil wants to destroy you. It's literally the only thing he can do to get back at God. He doesn't have the power or the authority to attack God one-on-one, so he attacks what God loves most, his kids. If you wanted to hurt me, you would go after my precious kids. Hurt me all you want, I don't care. But that's what the enemy is trying to do. This leads to our last truth so well about our enemy, about the devil. The devil responds to a higher authority. He's real. He wants to destroy you. But the devil responds to a higher authority. This shouldn't make us afraid. This should not make us confused. This is going to set us free. But first, let's refocus on who our battle is really against. Our battle is not against people. It's not against the people that you live your life around. We keep on going in Ephesians 6, and it tells us who our battle is against. But our battle is against rulers and against authorities and against powers of this dark world, against spiritual forces in heavenly places, in the heavenly realms. That is who our battle is against. Don't be tricked, faith promise. We have to see the truth, our real enemy. Paul Paul continues to describe these these evil forces, the, the, the devil trying to distract us from who God is. Listen, it's not people. He has such a good job of fooling us that way. It's rulers, authorities, and powers in spiritual places. Got one, let, let, just one, let, let's see, let's see who, who, who this is. We, we have one more visitor. Well, hello, hello. How are you? Oh, you look amazing. Are you here for candy? Yeah, here for candy? Gosh, you look fantastic. You must have a very attractive father. Come here, come here. Is your dad pretty? <laughs> yeah, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yeah, don't you talk back to me. You want some candy? Yeah. What do you want? Ooh, a Starburst. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, sweetheart. You, you, you can head back out. Uh, tell your mother something, something good for me. Okay, so no tricks, all treats is a great reminder of this spiritual truth, of this spiritual truth. The devil may be an authority, but he is a little authority. 
The devil may be an authority. He's referenced as an authority. He was, a, he was a heavenly being who was cast down because of his pride. He may be an authority, but he is a little authority. See, that's my daughter, JL. And she dresses up. She has every costume. Mimi and Cece have bought her everything the Disney store has. If they produce it, they just send one to my house because I have to buy it anyway. They, they have all that stuff. But when JL walks out of her room, who knows, that just because she has a princess or a queen costume on, she is not the authority in my house. Right? Me and her mother are still the authorities in our house. It, it, this, this is massive. You, look, they promise you're about to be set free here. In 1 John 4, 4, it says, because the one, Jesus, who is in you, if you believed in Christ, he's talking about you, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. The one that's in you is greater than the world. Amen. God, you can give God some praise about that. It's amazing. It's amazing. Faith promise. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. You, you, you need to receive this. You need to take this in. You need to let this truth wash over you. The devil makes, wants to make us feel like we're the ones masquerading around. Have you ever tried to pursue God or live out what God's calling you to? You feel like a fake? You feel like a fraud? You feel, you feel like you can't do it? Because the devil wants so much for us to feel like we're the fakes, that we're the frauds. But if you realize in 1 John 4, 4, it says the one who is in you, not the one who is on you. It doesn't matter what the devil does to the outside, to the circumstance. He can't affect the one who is in you. So God wants us to step up, step through the spiritual realm, and live with the power of the one who is in us. Because the one who is in us is greater than the one who is in the world. Amen? That's who, that's who God has called us to be. See, five times in Ephesians, Paul tells us about this other realm, this one that we're supposed to step into and be a part of. Guys, it's real. It's something we can step up and step through, and we must. This is a battle that we cannot ignore. It's time for us to take our stand. The last bit of time that we have together, we're going to talk about how we take a stand. We've learned about our enemy, and now it's time for us to learn how. How do we stand in this battle against the devil? First thing we do is we call on the name of Jesus. We call on the name of Jesus. I love this passage in Luke. It says this, the 72 returned, the 72 people that, that Jesus had sent out to do ministry, just like we've been sent out. 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He, Jesus, Jesus replying to them, Jesus said, I have given you all authority to trample over snakes and scorpions. Now, that's not, that's not literal snakes and scorpions. That's those spiritual realms, that those authorities, those powers in heavenly places. He has given us the ability to step on those, to overcome the world, the enemy, and nothing will harm you. It, he didn't give us this authority for us to sit back. He didn't give us this authority to stay safe. He gave us this authority to overcome the world. Because I don't know about you, but I have some people that I love, that I care about, who have not overcome yet, who do not know who Jesus is yet. Now, if you're in any of our campuses and you don't know who Jesus is, just, just hold tight because your life will never be the same because of this weekend. So why does Jesus' name have so much power? Why does calling on the name of Jesus, why does that have so much effect? It's because of our second weapon, and that is the blood of Jesus. We have the name of Jesus, and then we have the blood of Jesus. Revelations 12, 11 says this, they triumphed, that saints, that believers, they triumphed over him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb, that's Jesus, and by the word of their testimony, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. See, a name carries power because of what it's done. Because whoever has the name, what they've done, gives that name authority, gives that name power. And what Jesus' name did through the blood of Jesus is amazing. 
But just let me read how the name has power and authority. When I say the name Kim Kardashian, everybody has a feeling. Most people have a feeling. Maybe you buy some of this stuff, so, so maybe you like her. Maybe you've heard some of the things she said or some things she wears or what she represents, and maybe you don't. But there's a name that's done something, so it represents something in your life. Jesus, whenever he went to the cross and died on the cross for our sins, when he went and let them pull his beard out and, and, and rip the skin off of his back, whenever he lived 33 and a half years, a sinless, perfect life, and sacrificed it, let people lie about him and slander him so that we could have a relationship with God. See, after Jesus died, it says that he, whenever he was buried, he went under the earth. If I could see one thing, if God lets me see one thing, I want to see what happened when, my, when Jesus went to hell and kicked some tail. I want to see, I want to see what happened. I, I would like to visualize, because here's what he did. The devil had two things over us. He had sin and he had death. But whenever Jesus died a sinless life, he paid for our sins with his blood. And when he went to hell, he took away the keys of sin, took away the keys of death, and left the devil with literally no power. It was the greatest defeat of all time. He took away every authority that he may have over us. It's amazing. It's so awesome. That means that we can step up and step through and stand firm on what God has called us to do. And again, if you don't know what Jesus won for you, if you don't know what Jesus paid for for you, just a few minutes, and you're going to hear what he did. It's amazing. Now, it gets even better. We have, one, we have a, a many more weapons, but one more we're going to talk about today that I cherish so much, and that's the Word of God. The Word of God. Now, this is the reason why our pastor pastors us, prods us, and pleads with us to read our Bible, because it is a weapon that God has given us, a weapon that he's pushed us towards. That's why he asks us to be on a reading plan. That's why we provide one at the beginning of every year. That you version, there's so many on there. Here's my question for you. Are you a person of the world? Are you a person of the word? See, whenever you grab a tube of toothpaste and you squeeze it, toothpaste comes out. Whenever you get squeezed, and you do, what comes out? The world or the word? Or words of the world, right? Depending on how you stubbed your toe. So what comes out whenever life squeezes you? What comes out whenever you feel pressure? Does your family, does your coworkers, do the people looking at you, do they see a person of the word or do they see the person of the world? See, guys, we have to have a plan. If you don't have a plan, what, what, what's going what's to be your plan that you'll get on? It could be ours. It could be a you version. I don't care what it is. Just get in the word. If you're looking for something to read in your time with God this week, Ephesians 6 would be an amazing place to start. Ephesians 6, those heart for the harvest devotionals, we have to get in. We have to, we have to start in, in holding our weapon in who God has called us to be. It keeps on going. Paul keeps on writing in Ephesians 6. It says, put on the full armor of God so that when the day, when the day of evil comes, after that you have done everything to stand. It doesn't say if the evil day comes. It says when. When. Because of where we live, because of, because of the authority the enemy does have, there are days, almost every day, where you have 
pressure put on you. It's not an if, it is a when. It's time for us to stand firm, men and women of God. It's time for us to stand firm, son or daughter of the king. The devil wants to trick you and convince you that you'll never overcome, that that's not who you are. But whenever you pick up the sword, the word, it says that you're more than an overcomer. It says that Jesus knows every step that you're ever going to take in Psalm 139, and he's there. It says it doesn't matter if you make your bed in heaven or in hell. Even there, his hand will guide you. We have to listen to what God says about us, not what the world, what the devil says about us. You have overcome. You will overcome, and you will continue to overcome because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. We have to believe what God says about us. We have to. It keeps on going, talking about this armor of God in Ephesians 6. And it says, I, I love this so much. It says, with the belt of truth uh, buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness in its place. And it says, with your feet shod, put on with the readiness of the gospel. I love that because the gospel guides where we go and who are around. I love that so much. It says, in addition to this, take up the shield of faith. Whenever I pray this in my journal, I draw a big shield. Because I want my shield not just to cover me. I want it to cover my wife. I want it to cover my kids. This matters to me. Because I, I cover people. I, our pastor, whenever he prays, he picks up a shield. It's, it's, it's humongous because he wants to cover us. He covers us in prayer. What does your shield look like? Are we going back to plastic? I, I, I'm, I'm too sold out to my calling to pick up a, a shield made of plastic, made up of a joke. It says, take up the helmet of salvation. I love this part because the helmet of salvation, how many of us know that what throws us off first is our thoughts? What, what we think about ourselves, what we think about our neighbor, that, that's when we start thinking that our, our enemy is the world. But when you put on the helmet of salvation, if that thought does not align with your salvation as a son or a daughter of the king and the same people you're liking at, it doesn't belong. The helmet of salvation creates a safe place where if it doesn't line up with your salvation, it's out. It doesn't get to stay there. And then it talks about the sword of the Spirit, which is God's word, the sword of the Spirit. Faith promised hard for the harvest is not a time to kick back, to sit still and to see what happens. It's a time to stand firm. It's a time to advance. That's why we're doing prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting, that is not a docile, a, 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 a spectator sport. The reason that we pray is to connect with God. The reason that we fast is to disconnect from the world. If you're wondering, why do we pray and fast? That's why. So we pray. Listen, I'm, I'm telling you, for real. This happened this week. I could feel tension grow between me and my wife. And I would ask her, because I'm, I'm not letting tension happen in my house. So I said, babe, there's something going on. There's something going on. And she said, Zach, seriously, there's nothing going on, man. You're, there, after the fourth or fifth time, she said, Zach, there's something going on with you. I'm fine. So I went back to my journal, and I opened it up, and I'm circling my wife's name, and I'm praying, and God said, she thinks you don't care. She's, she has this business, and, and she's working really hard, and, and he said, hey, Zach, she thinks you don't care. So I closed my journal. I walked back in. I said, babe, do you think I don't care about that? And she said, well, it's, it's, not, your, it's not your thing. It's my thing. And I said, baby, that's so untrue. Let me tell you, I'm not more spiritual than you. But the de God showed me a root of bitterness and division that he was planting in my wife's heart before she even knew. That's why Ephesians 6 says, and in this, pray in the spirit on all occasions. 
all kinds of prayers and requests. With this, keep in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Listen, when it says pray in the Spirit, it's not talking about speaking in tongues or getting crazy or, 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 or acting in a way that you don't know how to act. It's talking about taking your mind off of the world of the physical and putting on the eyes and the mind of the Spirit, which Jesus gave us. That's why our whole theme of the year is follow the filling. Believers, be alert. Believers, stand firm. Believers, know your enemy. And most importantly, know your weapons. We have to take ground. We cannot sit back. This is something God has called us to do. Now maybe we're talking about this battle that God won, talking about the blood of Jesus. And I reference what he's done for us. But can I ask you, has there ever been a time where you've called on the name of Jesus? Where you've surrendered your life to him? Romans 10, 13 says, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, because of him spilling his blood and going to, de- going to hell and taking sin and death, taking that power. Listen, you don't have to masquerade. You don't have to put on a mask. You don't have to feel fake. Jesus died on the cross to pay for that price you're trying to pay on your own. You don't have to pay it. The bill's been paid. The debt is gone. All you must do is call on the name of the Lord. And that's what we're going to do. The battle for your, not just life, but for your eternity has been won. And this weekend, we're going to pray together. We're going to confess with our mouth together that Jesus is Lord. And there's some of you who feel such a tug at your heart that now is your time. You've been running. This is time for you to step into who God has called you to be. At all of our campuses, let's pray together. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Let's pray. Say, Jesus, I know I've sinned, but I know you came to take my guilt and give me grace to love me right where I am. Be my Lord. Be my King. Now, with nobody looking around, just me and you in the room, if you made that decision today, would you, just, would you just raise your hand? If you made a decision today to follow Christ, if you made a decision to step into who he's called you to be, would you just slip your hand up? We just want to celebrate with you. We want to be excited about what God is doing in your life. Amen. Amen. Faith Promise, can we celebrate with the people who gave their life to Christ this weekend? It's amazing. We're so happy for you. Hey, guys, in the seat back pocket in front of you, there's something called a communication card. If you gave your life to Christ today, if you need prayer today, you want to go to next steps like we talked about at the beginning, whatever it is, would you put that on here? Your potential is our passion. We want to serve you and serve you well. Would you just mark that and drop in the offering bucket as it goes by? We would love, love, love to serve you. And now as we enter into our time of generosity, I'm so excited about what we're highlighting this week and what God's doing. This week, Faith Promise was invited to be a part and to celebrate a grand opening of something called the Playground of Promise. The Playground of Promise, which is amazing. And what it is, it's it's one of our partners called Emerald Youth Foundation. Maybe you've heard of them. Over the last 25 years, they've been able to serve over 25,000 
young people in Knoxville, making an eternal change. And through the generosity and support of you, Faith Promise, Promisers, the Emerald Youth, they are able to go into urban communities and love on and raise up and develop people, not only in their current moment, but to go and to build up their communities in the future. I don't know about you, but I love being a part of that, where communities all over, not just East Tennessee, but the world will be different because of our generosity. That sounds like a good investment for me. So this is just one of the many reasons that we're generous, one of the many reasons that we have a value of we give generously. So whatever your next step is in generosity, whether you're giving for the first time, whether you're a lavish giver or anywhere in between, God is so proud of you. And he's calling you to step into the spiritual realm and make an eternal difference, not just for you, but for everybody he brings you in contact with. So right now as we're generous, we're not going to be generous out of obligation, but we're going to be generous out of celebration. That God would allow us to sow into the kingdom and see eternities never the same. Let's pray together and bless this time. God, thank you so much for the opportunity to see people come to know you. To, for, to see people never be the same because of what you are doing in their life. Thank you for the opportunity to sow into something like that. God, would you take these moments, and as we enter into worship, God, would we not be pushing to lead, but we, would we experience your life change? Would we experience, God, this eternal, this supernatural realm that you've called us to? God, we love you, and we cannot wait to see what you do in and through us this week as we tell them of him, and we put you first. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Let's worship in our generosity.